Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Gwen Shietta, and welcome to another episode of Life on Your Terms. Today, I'm talking with Joe Biba. Joe is the founder of the nonprofit Creators of Hope. He is also a successful businessman running a large construction company in the Midwest. But Joe found himself in search of more personal fulfillment, and he found it in a very unexpected place. We're going to talk today about that journey, and he's going to share some critical messages that he's learned along the way. One of which is if your dreams don't scare you, you are not dreaming big enough. He has some other gems, but I'm not going to give them away just yet. So let's jump right in and hear what Joe has to share. Joe, I am so excited and truly honored that you are here on the show today to share your story um, about Creators of Hope. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks, Gwen. I, I tell you what, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, to uh, be able to do this. Well, we're going to share with our listeners um, your journey of you know having a construction company and finding yourself working uh, down in Jamaica. Let's give a little bit of context. You know, before starting Creators of Hope, tell me a little bit about what was happening in your life, you know, where you sort of were in your career, spiritually, emotionally, um, before you started your nonprofit creators of hope, what was happening? Sure. Um, well, I had, uh, I, I had started my own business in, in the construction after, uh, I actually grew up on a dairy farm and, um, it was, it was just, uh, a matter of, you know, doing the day-to-day stuff and having, at the end of the day, feeling good about what what I've done, but it, it, it seemed like there was always a sort of, no matter how many things I'd done and how many people I'd helped, um, I always seemed to, in the end, be still searching for something that uh, would maybe uh, put a little more meaning in life for me. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, I had gotten actually before I started doing this, I had been asked to do a, a few mission trips with our local youth group, of which I I had done and was a great experience. In fact, I still do them today. I, I also do that. Uh, I've been doing that for like nine years now, and um, just by implementing and and having that once or twice a year thing. Um, of being able to commit a week to just helping someone else, I've, I've found that, you know, that just really helped to, to make my life a lot more complete. And, and it was before that, it, uh, was just seemed kind of, it was the, the constant search for something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And say a little bit more about that because here you are running a successful construction company you know, have a family, sounds like you had a full life. Do you, anything that you want to share? I mean, what, what told you that something was missing? You know, sometimes people aren't even in touch with that. Um, wh- what was that feeling? Can you describe it that told you there was, there was another piece of fulfillment there for you? Well, you know, quite honestly, without knowing what that was, um, I'm, I'm the type of individual that, I've always got more on my plate. You know, I, I totally need sideboards for my plate, but I'm, it's always running over anyhow. Right. 
<laughs> uh, in fact, I tell many people there's, there's no grass grows under my feet just because I've always got something in the works, something going, um, committing to whether it's another project or a family event, um, uh, just whatever it is, uh, I'm, I'm forever busy. And, uh, and yeah, as far as like my family, it, it's, I have uh, my wife of uh, just short of 30 years and four children, um, actually from the ages, uh, the oldest one is 25 and my youngest is five. Um, so there's, there's a fair amount of busyness just in that. Uh, yeah. If you can. <laughs> yes. And, and you're searching for more. Yeah. <laughs> Most yeah, people would well, be searching for less. <laughs> I can be, I can be a glutton for punishment some days. And so, but the, what spoke to you that said, you know, I have a little bit more room maybe to give? It was actually on this particular um, path, I, I actually was at a, a men's uh, a weekend, uh, uh, a spiritual weekend retreat scenario. And uh, one of the individuals there actually started uh conversing about how he had done this for a number of years going to Jamaica and doing this. And, and part of it being he didn't live real far from me, uh, kind of set the stage for uh, making more conversation, finding out, of course, construction being my, my trade. It, was, it, it just kind of made sense, knowing that I, I like to give back. Um, quite frankly, it got to a point then, of course, he asked me to go with him to make the first trip and, and, uh, experience it. And, you know, it was just a matter of, um, yeah, in the, in Wisconsin in January, Jamaica, it really kind of all made sense. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was all on for it, even though that was the, uh, year my, my youngest was born was the first year I went. Uh, so he was like three months old when I, when I left, but of course I asked for permission before I could do that. So, <laughs> But so, and, and I appreciate your honesty, Joe. So it wasn't completely altruistic, and that I'm going to go down. And what you guys do down there, just for the listeners, was to um, to put roofs on houses and and help do construction, make better living conditions for people. And so I, I think you shared with me offline that yeah, it was uh, you know drinking a couple beers in Jamaica in the sun was sounding really good in the in the winter time. And I, I think people will actually appreciate that. It'll make you more. More um, relatable, but so, oh yeah, you know. So so you went down to Jamaica, and and then what happened? It sounds like there was there was a critical moment. Well, and there was sort of an opportunity. You'd done some trips, and there was sort of a changing of the guard. But there was a, something about there's something about a chicken in there. So there was some sort of <laughs> critical moment that that you sort of listened to that said, "Wow, this maybe I'm being called to do more here." Yeah. Um, well, there, there, there actually was a couple of them. Uh, actually, the one that happened before the, the chicken that you're referring to was um, we had gone uh, to and, and completely built this whole entire home for this, uh, this one gal and her, her uh, nephew. And um, we, it, it was really it sat right at the base of a mountain. Um, they had cut all the there are just enough trees. We had just a, a path to go back, uh, get back to this place and um, carried all of our materials back there, built a, a, an entire home for them of which, you know, typically typical Jamaican homes uh, that we build are roughly, you know, to give an idea, uh, 12 by 14, 12, 14 by 16 
um, that's the entire house. And, and of course, it's, you know, it's uh, four walls and a roof and door and windows. And um, they, you know, at that point, they have a roof over their head. Um, when we went, when I went back the second year, um, knowing what this place was when we started and, and quite frankly, the, how we ever made that first house, uh, got that accomplished with no one twisting an ankle or, or worse was beyond me because it was the, the, uh, base of this mountain was, it's kind of like all volcanic rock, uh, big rocks. Uh, we were, you know, consistently working on and around on that and uh, but the second year when I went back what that woman had transformed um, that into it made that it wasn't just a house at that point it was a home mm -hmm. and I, I literally stood there as as tears ran down my cheeks looking at how proud she was of what we gave her to start her with and provide her with that that started to it, it, that was my decision of I need to come back every year and do this. Mm -hmm. um, now jumping forward, the the uh, the chicken story that actually was a scenario where um, on a, typically on a, on a Sunday we have a, we we buy a bunch of ice cream the the group that goes down and we invite all the little kids and anyone who would like to join and come over and visit and whatnot. And I had a, a couple come through the gate where we stay. And they come directly at me, and it's like, okay, I, I should probably know these folks, but I, I'm not able to put the names to them right at the moment. And uh, <clears throat> they they come over and started talking and says, well, you know, you, you helped us out last year. You put the, the roof on our house, which then at that point struck my memory, and I, I realized who I was talking to. And they and the gal asked me, she says, well, she says, um, wondering when we were leaving. And with this being on Sunday... I explained to her that on, on Wednesday we'd be heading back for the town where the airport was. And immediately she uh, really was kind of, you could just feel that she was distraught, her face lowered, and and I'm feeling that. I, I'm like, well, what's up? What's what's going on? And uh, she looked, looks back up at me and she says, well, for what you guys did to help us out, she says, I wanted to give you a chicken, but they won't be ready. Mm. And that was, I mean, the, a chicken is a, is a huge deal. That's, it, it is. Like, you know, giving a huge amount of money uh, or something of great value. The, Absolutely. The, the symbolism of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, to them, uh, for the for the Jamaican people and for... For an average woman down there who has a family, um, they will typically spend eight hours of their day just trying to figure out how they're going to provide one meal for their family that day. And and quite frankly, uh, one chicken would would serve a meal to a family. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, yeah, she she was um, very very upset that she couldn't repay me that way. And and I I just shared with her. I says, you know what? I says that that means so much that I says, if you really want to, I says, do me a favor and my contact down there. I says, when the chickens are ready, I says, bring it and give it to him and let him find another family that is in huge need and let him help them out with that for us. Mm -hmm. And what, what did that 
what did that do to you, Joe? I mean, that seems like that was, there was something in that that spoke to you that just connected in some way that, that really was transformative. Absolutely. And, and I've got to, I've, I've got to take a second and thank you for speaking at the times you have, because every time I tell that story, it just makes my heart sink and gives me the opportunity by you stepping in, it gives me an opportunity to collect myself so I can finish telling the story. Um, But, um, you know, that just, it it really drove home the fact of the appreciation um, for, uh, uh, it ties together, the appreciation with the need, you know, the need is there, and if we can help provide or fulfill that need that is there, you know, the appreciation that comes back is is just, it's more than tenfold. Mm -hmm. I know I, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, I do, I hear a little bit of a, a shaking in your voice like this, that ran, What's there? That ran deep. I mean, that, is it the fact that uh, that level of appreciation or the, or the fact that you didn't realize that you could make such an impact in people's lives that you, it was that the first time you'd experienced such gratitude? Like if you distill it down what do you think is the the piece that 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 almost brings you to tears if you if you bring it down to its core well it it is indeed everything that you just said as well as knowing that i i have the uh, ability to help out in that fashion um and and just the the things that we have here that we take for granted um, that it means so much to them. And un- until you, you know, it, it's hard to even explain until you stand in that pair of shoes and witness that for yourself, um, how, how that reaction feels. And, and, the, and then the gratitude that I have in that situation for their appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a, it's such a, a raw human connection. At, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. At, a, at, a, at like the simplest level, I think, is just uh, is what it makes me. Th- I just picture you standing there with her, just <laughs> nothing else, you know, but just two kind of human beings, you know, connecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's... Uh, um... Uh, it, it truly is one of those things that until you recognize that and can feel that for yourself, I, I was just telling somebody not this morning actually that I says you know as an as an entrepreneur for starters, it's um, we're very much I'm I'm very much I'll speak for myself very much adapted to the fact that I have the abilities and the capabilities in my surroundings to, to make things happen and, and move on to the next thing and not necessarily appreciate what I've just accomplished. And, and that is so totally the opposite in that picture uh, of being there because they just don't have the abilities to make that kind of stuff happen. 
um, I even get asked, you know, well, why do you go to another country? You have, you know, there's, there's people in need right here in our own country. Mm-hmm. And, and I say, and, and you're absolutely right. And that's why I also go on that mission trip once a year with the youth group. But here in the U.S., there, there is opportunity. Down there, it's very slim. You, that's where you're most needed. You, you, you're, you've been called to go to a place where it seems like your skills and what you can offer, um, you're the one to do it, it sounds like. I mean, you, you know, to go back to the seven L's um, and the first one being, you know, listening, you know, you, you, you heard, you listened. I mean, that seems like your, yours to do, you know. And this, it's interesting that you, you know, that you are literally in construction, but also figuratively. And I love what you said, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, it's, well, part of it's we're driven by the money, right? To, to build something, mm-hmm. finish it, complete the task and move on. And, and so just by nature, sometimes it's a natural thing just to, to do that, to, to, to build it, um, to get it done and to move on and, but but you're more complicated than that when you look at the second L, you know, which which I call love, which are the things that you love and you live by, your values. It, it sounds like, you know, obviously as an entrepreneur and a business owner, you have to be driven by money, but there was you're also driven by something deeper, uh, your your personal values, and it sounds like that was the piece that where there was something a little bit. Uh, missing something that you could more fulfill and this has helped create that alignment with your values would you say it's sort of a missing piece to your values puzzle if you will yeah no absolutely it's um, um, I I personally um, consider myself to to be a a giving and caring individual And, and even in my daily work it's like I want to bring the best value for the most dollar for for any project that we do. And in fact, I typically will tell my uh, clients, you know, um, I'm not very good at spending other people's money. And and it's because I know that in a lot of our culture and society, it's like, well, let's upsell you, let's upsell you, and charge get more money from this individual. And and I don't have that that uh, ability. And, and especially when I see and am able to visit these places where th- their money is in form of, of a, 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 a chicken, um, that really kind of sets a different tone on what, what the capabilities and things are. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it, um, yeah, I just have always uh, always have been um, more than happy to help out where I can, and and yet this is a scenario where I've have really noticed that I say that fulfillment of um, you you can work all day long, and at the end of the day you can still feel empty, mm-hmm. and and. And even if you're making money, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times do you hear of people that have uh, more money than they know what to do with still uh, feel empty inside and end up in bad situations then because of it? Um, 
I, I look and strive for the, the being able to fill that, fill that up and, and, and feel good about, um, you know, helping others out and, um, using my abilities to do that. And sometimes that's not the place people first look, you know, even, even, you know, especially when you may have some money, it may be easier or it may seem more attractive to, uh, get filled up, as you say, in other ways, you know, more fancy Mm -hmm. cars or a bigger house or, uh, more vacations or jewelry or gambling or whatever it is. But for you, you found the, the secret, even though maybe you became more even financially successful, uh, it was giving back to other people that fills you up the most. Yes. Um, and, it, and it's really, truly, I believe it's everybody's individual. It's, it's built on an individual basis where everybody's fulfillment is probably a little bit different. Right. Um, but for myself and, and other individuals that may, might be um, maybe potentially seeking how to get that uh, fulfillment, uh, find an opportunity or an outlet where you at least try something like this um, to, to witness that. And, you know, when you get done with a, a day down there um, in this particular situation, you know, Yes, it's Jamaica, but when you start working in it, the uh, the sun is hot. Um, there's not necessarily a lot of breeze where we're at. Uh, by the end of the day, you're ready for a good shower. And so <laughs> everyone else, happy to see everyone get a good shower. Um, right. So, <laughs> right. It, you're not laying in a hammock. It's not like the, um, the pictures, you know, on the TV commercials and the postcards. You guys are no, working. No, <laughs> yeah. no. I, I but, always tell everybody, I says, you know, I always give them the... I says, you know, Montego Bay, it's a big tourist area. I says, and then everybody's like, yeah, we know where that's at. I said, well, okay, we land there, but then we get on a, in a little van and we drive three hours up into the mountains um, and spend the week there. So y- you definitely get a whole new appreciation for the country because, no, we're not sitting on, laying on hammocks under a pine tree <laughs> drinking a pina colada. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe you have a beer and a cold and an ice chest somewhere. Absolutely. Hopefully, or at least Absolutely. a warm beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we do find ways to cool. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I'm sure you got you got to get a little bit of something. But you know, so to kind of bring that full circle, Joe. You know, you because you started off saying that you were looking for some something to fulfill you, and it's interesting. You know, going back to the seven L's. You know, that first piece is that listening. So, I mean, you obviously are somebody who is in touch, you know, with that inner voice or what I call the inner compass. There was, first there has to be that sort of connection to that, that internal part to even hear, you know, a little bit of that calling. And I think what's amazing then is when you identify that, when you clarify that there's this, this need, this peace, somehow it, it shows up, you know? And so it was this, this friend who said, Hey, come down, you know, and, um, and then having this moment where with the, the chicken story of boom, realizing, wow, this is, this clicked, um, you know, which is that second L of, of love and the values and, and realizing that, but then, 
you know, then you realized you wanted to do more, but let's jump to the third L, which is the layers. It was like, okay, this is the thing I'm called to do. Um, but, uh, because maybe you don't like to take other people's money, right? You, you couldn't just say, I'm just going to fly down here on my own dime twice a year and build these houses. I mean, there were some, some layers. So you, you had this idea that you wanted to kind of make this bigger, right? And create an actual nonprofit. Um, but, but there were some money concerns. What, what happened? What were some of the layers that you needed to work through to make this happen? Yeah, well, you know, and, and one of the things I guess to, to preface this, this part of this is I, I'm a strong and firm believer that, uh, that, um, all of our life experiences combined are what make us who we are. And, and that's how we, we are and respond to different things on a daily basis and, and get things accomplished. You know, you, you can, um, just in how you act in in certain situations or how you respond or don't respond to certain situations but um but yeah it, it's uh and and the same scenario with going into this is um when i when i had the idea and and made the decision that i was going to accept the the basically taking over the reins of of this project because it, had i not it was it was going to come to a screeching halt uh, because the gentleman that was doing it um, was at retirement age and and needed to step back um, just because he wanted to do other things uh, around his grandchildren and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I expressed to him, I says, I, I would like to grow this, make it a nonprofit, grow this uh, very big where there's actually several trips uh, potentially going every year. And when I started checking into how how does one even set up a nonprofit, um, got a little direction, um, reached out to uh, one attorney that I have used in the past, and I walked in there with all this excitement and and ready to rock and roll, and and he he gave me the price of what it was going to cost to set it up, and I I, I just my mouth kind of hit the floor, and I at that point. I was at a dead standstill because it was like, I don't have that kind of money to just spend setting up a nonprofit. Um, this is this is this is really real now, and and it's expensive to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I left there with uh, no no nonprofit, no plan, no idea how I was going to move forward, but but just the the will of um, the I will make this happen. I don't know how, but I will. And so I started doing a little other checking around, and I found, soon found out that most most um, situations, it, it was pretty much the same cost no matter where you went or what avenue you went. And I finally got to a point where I, I just kind of threw my hand straight up in the air, and I said, if this is supposed to happen, it will. Yeah, trust. I, you, yeah. yeah. I, and I don't know what that means, but right now that's that's all I've got. And um, short period after that, I had a uh, I was in visiting with a, an attorney, another attorney, and we were just uh, con- going back and forth talking about different things going on in our lives and whatnot. And I brought this up, and by the end of the conversation, 
this gal says to me, she says, well, I understand that it, it, it costs a fair amount of money to do that. And there's, there are certain charges figured within them fees that, you know, it costs for just sending the paperwork into the state and, and getting your uh, number, what, whatever they call it. Um, and she says, typically, that's like two $300 for that part of it. Mm-hmm. And she says, but um, if you would still like to do this and you're serious, um, I would be willing to... As long as, if you will pay those parts in, she says, I will do the rest of it pro bono. Wow. Which was in the thousands, right? Yeah. Yes. And at, at that point, again, my, my mouth kind of hit the floor for the, another reason. I mean, I couldn't believe that this was actually happening. Um, Isn't that incredible, though? <laughs> I mean, you just put it out there. I call it the universe, if you want to mm-hmm. call it. God, but somehow this, when it's the right, when it's the right thing, somehow it manifests itself when you're coming from the right place and you have that clarity. I I think that's amazing. But I I have to ask you, Joe, I mean, were you afraid? I mean, here you have a number of children of various (laughs) ages. You're running a construction company back in the U.S., um, I mean, were you were you afraid? Were you overwhelmed? Was your family saying, "Wait a minute, what about us or the time or the business will fail"? I mean, you, some of these things had to be running through your mind. You could have just walked away. <laughs> yes, I could have. Um, but uh, uh, first and foremost, I did uh, uh, before I even had the conversation ar- uh, around any of that. Uh, as a man, I tried to be very smart and had to sit down with my spouse and said, here's what I'm thinking. Um, I don't want to do anything that's going to cause friction in the long run. Will you support me in this? Mm-hmm. And the answer was, of course. You know, um, So, so that, that, that took some of it away. Um, it was I was did I still have a fair amount of of um, fear? Absolutely, uh, because I was crossing into waters that I knew nothing about, um, other than I knew where we went the previous years. I had uh, the the individuals for the connections there, but there there was a whole other side of this, um, you know, to set it up and and of course, you know, do the things that need to be done to keep it in good standing and fundraise. Um, I had, I had never done a fundraiser before. And so there, there, I just like to call them, there's been all kinds of learning opportunities. Um, I love that. I'm very positive. <laughs> and so, and so what I'm hearing is that, and this is, I think a really important message for people to hear. I mean, you le- you leapt right. So getting into into that L, you leapt without having all of the answers. You did a couple of smart things. You you spoke with your wife, for, uh-huh. and you got the you got the buy in there, and you you were able to get some of the initial funding to get it set up. But running a nonprofit is a very different thing than running a for profit um, construction company. But I I think the message here is that. When it feels right, I would say two things, and, and tell me if I'm, if I'm on the right track here. One is that 
you know, you can't have all the answers up front. So you just sort of leap, you plan as much as you can. Uh, But also, would you say it's true that when it's the right thing, when you're called to do it, that somehow you also get the energy, like that maybe you were energized, it didn't feel like another, you know, big, big weight on your plate, so to speak. But did you feel also energized by this? Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it, it was, and of course, I, I love taking on new opportunities anyhow. But, um, and this one just being a, a little broader based than the average one that I take on. But um, yeah, there's, I think, I think the will, the will to do it and the, and, and there's a definite part of it is, is I, I don't like to, I don't like to make mistakes or, or I don't want to, I don't say the right terminology, but I don't like to lose. Um, so I will do what I need to do to make it, um, be what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's absolutely some drive behind that. Um, of which, you know, when making the trips, even though there's a fair amount of hard work and trying to sneak it in here and there and have a board meeting, you know, after you've already had a long week and, and put together the trips and lining up the, the airline tickets and accommodations of while you're, while we're there, uh, for a group of anywhere from 12 to 14 people, um, you know, absolutely there, there's, it's a lot of work, yeah. but at, at the end of the week and when you walk away from the situation with the uh, reality of knowing the appreciation that you, you've been able to give to someone else, just makes it all worthwhile. That energy feeds the, the next gearing up for the next trip, I'm sure. It's like we've got to do this again. And so you uh, you have had how many? You took the took the helm, so to speak, and leapt. You, you did form this nonprofit called Creators of Hope. Um, and you have had how many trips and, and in that time and teams of how many? So what, what does that look like? Um, I have gone down now um, on my own or without uh, the help of the other gentleman for the last uh, two years. Um, and both years we had uh, uh, 10, 10 people one year and 12 the other, I believe. And the, and the thing that I like to stress about this is anyone can go. Um, to, me, to me, I have provided the outlet for, to open up the opportunity for individuals to give back. Um, uh, in fact, the last two years I've had... Uh, um, two Catholic nuns that have gone with me who were 81 and 82 years old. And there, there's something for everyone to do, uh, even if it's playing with the kids or painting or um, it's just, it's always an amazing experience to get everyone there, accomplish what you're after, get everyone back home. Um, so you don't have very- to know how to run a drill or understand no. how to make a, you know, a right <laughs> angle. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You just have to no. have the passion and the compassion. Yes, and the and the willingness to give back. And so when you would say, I know you're not done, Joe, there's so much more, <laughs> and we'll get to that in a second, but 
you've maybe landed a little bit, right? You've landed. And when you look at what's happening now from that place of the chicken story to what you've accomplished in the last couple of years of setting up the nonprofit and taking these trips. Um, and I don't know if you've been able to, you said you've done some fundraising. When you, when you look around, what, what does this feel like? And what, do you, what have you accomplished? Um, that's a great question. I, I, um, I, I think just the accomplishment of the self-accomplishment of getting it to where it's at is that I didn't do this alone, but of course I had a big role in pushing it forward. Mm-hmm. And so of course that, that feels great. Um, in the you know just in that in that feel good area of being able to pull together the individuals and and organize them and have others come up to you and say hey if there's anything we can do to help you know just tell us what we need to do and and we're we're willing to do it um, opening up that avenue and, and getting that. Um, input from others just it makes you feel really good yeah that you it's it's almost like you've created this momentum and now i don't want to say it's off on its own but you you there's something there's something moving here that has some energy behind it and obviously there's more homes built and people happier and it sounds like you've been able to you've raised more money i would I, well there, there was no i would say bank account right there was no nonprofit, <laughs> so you've maybe got a little bit of uh funds in the in the bank to you know keep this going mm-hmm. yeah and and it's uh i mean we're looking at uh potentially doing a, another fundraiser this year i mean we we're right now it's it's small based um uh, you know locally and and uh, of course, opening it up to anyone that's uh, willing to to come out for a, a fun evening. But um, eventually, you know, I would love to grow this into um, instead of just doing the the one trip a year. I would love to provide that opportunity uh, several times a year, and um, even eventually grow into other countries as well. So that is your uh, sort of leveling up, right? Like mm-hmm. when you look, you're sort of at this plateau, and but you're you're never done. I'm sure you're never done in any aspect of your life. But you, your vision is that you'd be in other countries replicating this model, making homes for other people. Right, right, and and along with that, we're also um, incorporating because you know one of the things that that I have a. a a big feeling about is is I don't I'm not interested in just giving free things away. Um, it, it's also adding in there, and it's and it's a process. But um, helping to provide the pillars of that once they once they have a, a roof over their head that they can start to you know self sustain um, by helping to to teach them you know farming or whatever it might be, um, and helping them get their feet on the ground with that. And, and like I say, I've, I've got a lot of big plans for it. Um, some of them are slowly starting to get implemented. Um, but it, it's, 
it's there's it's a process mm-hmm. it's a process so when you look at that l of learn of, of what you've sort of taken away at least on the on the nonprofit side and would you say edu- education so you you want to help you know you want to teach people to fish rather than just mm-hmm. give them fish so to speak yes. in, in all various aspects whether it's education or farming or some kind of maybe workforce training is that you're kind of mm-hmm. looking at all those areas so they can be right. self-sustaining yes absolutely that's uh that's a that's a big part of it and and it'll all grow into it as as the organization grows and and is uh, capable of of providing them options so it's it's just getting started um and and we'll move forward as as funds are available. Did you, it, what would you say if you were to kind of distill this down to where you are, Joe? Like what what were some, what were some of the key takeaways for you personally through this process? You know, whether it's trusting you know that the right people and the <laughs> right resources will show up at the same time. Is it that you just have to get started? I mean, what? you know, looking at this journey, what are the, what are the key takeaways? What have you learned? I I think one of the, one of the big ones, uh, first and foremost is that knowing that I didn't have to know it all and necessarily even have a, a, a plan, you know, etched in stone that this is how it's going to work, um, by just, taking that first step and letting letting the cards fall where they where they will and trusting that then and then you take the next step it's kind of like stepping into the water and and there's rocks there but as you take each step another rock appears for you to land on Mm -hmm. um and and building off of each one of those individually um that that is probably the the biggest thing that I've had to learn a little bit because because I as an individual back here in the states I am very analytical and I like to personally I like to know you know what's next and I've had definitely have had to put out a lot of faith out there and just say well we'll we'll figure it out mm-hmm. um, and and it's and it's coming it's coming I'm sure as a business person right it, you know traditionally you have your business plan you have your projections <laughs> you want to control all the variables and the costs so it, in some ways i absolutely that makes sense i mean in a way it's almost counterintuitive to say i'm going to trust that the next rock will appear under my foot right as a as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur that's a little <laughs> a little counterintuitive yeah yeah but <laughs> but the, but i you know it's interesting i and i part of what I love about doing this show and this interview and, and walking people through these seven L's is to see what themes emerge. And I have to tell you, Joe, um, I interviewed a, a yogi, you know, and he talks about, uh, med- you know, he's into meditation and yoga and talks about just having your toes pointed in the right direction and trusting that if they're if they're pointed in the right direction, you know, you will get to where you're meant to go. And and I hear you saying the same thing. And I, and I think that's so important for people to hear listening to this is just point your toes in the right direction and trust that 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 next rock will appear. Because if we wait to have the perfect plan, we we may never get started. 
Right, right. And, and it's, you know, as you mentioned earlier, with having, you know, my business and, and my family, <clears throat> I don't have... I don't have an ample amount of spare time to sit down and, and necessarily um, detail out a full business plan around this. Um, I have to use the bits and pieces where where I can and and fall back on my knowledge of being a business person um, to to help guide me in the in the right direction. But yes, you you've just got to start and do something. You know what's what's the one next right thing to do. And not be thinking about uh, ten steps ahead, but what's the one one next right thing to do? Mm-hmm. Is would that be your biggest piece of advice? Or if someone's listening to this, thinking, "Wow, I would love to do something like that," or maybe it's a completely different calling. You know, as you said earlier, we all you know we we all have to take inventory of our of our personal values. They they look different for each person, but if somebody's feeling this. A uh, place that is unfulfilled, or they're feeling that itch that there's something calling them, whatever that may be. Um, what is your biggest piece of advice? I, I think just be willing to put yourself out there and and try it, and and look at the results um, that come back from it. Um, how does it make you feel? How does it make the people around you feel? Um, does it feel right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and not everyone, you know, not everyone is is um, um, well, necessarily probably built to go out and s- completely start up a nonprofit. But get uh, do do the things that make you feel right and and enjoy yourself. Um, I, that's one of the things that I guess I strive on every day is is have fun with with your life because it, it's it's short it really is um i in fact a, a quick story a few years back was at one of my daughter's um solo ensembles and the girls were probably eighth grade or so and, and uh, another girl that was in the school she came up to me and she asked me she says why are you always smiling <laughs> and, and i'm at first i'm thinking well, that's you know it's different that a, an eighth grader is asking me this, but I'll, I'll answer that question. And I says it's because I love what I do every day, and I enjoy myself. Yeah. I, that's awesome that she. You must you must radiate. I can. <laughs> I, I know we're not looking at each other right now, but I. You must. I mean, for an eighth grader, first of all, they'll they'll say what's true and what's on their mind. But mm-hmm. you know, Joe, that is because a lot of people could be listening to your story and say, "Oh God, he's a he's such a you know do gooder and he's sacrificing." <laughs> but so what I'm hearing you say is, you're in part. It's not completely altruistic. You truly find joy and enjoy doing this, but this may not be the right thing for somebody else. It, it needs to bring you joy as well as make a difference in somebody else's life. Yeah. And, you know, and the other thing I'll say around that is, is that, um, I have gotten to a point in my life. It's it, that I feel like when we're in our twenties and thirties growing up, um, we, we are consistently trying to do what we think is right according to the other individuals around us or in our life. And when you can get beyond 
trying to do what you think somebody else is, thinks is right or proper to be doing, you can enjoy life a lot more. That is the biggest piece of advice and is truly <laughs> really what life on your terms is, is all about. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I, and I'd love to know your thought on this. You know, my, my, uh, I'll say theory, what I'm putting out there about the first L of listening and love those values. If you can listen and be connected to that inner voice and do things that are in line, in alignment with your values versus, you know, society or the external messages, then you're, you're well on your way. I mean, does that, does that sound accurate to you? I, I would have to totally agree with that. Um, and, and, you know, and, and unfortunately, I didn't even realize this till like a couple of years ago that uh, I was consistently trying to please everyone around me. And, and, and I was still enjoying myself, but I, you know, I always tried to do things according to what I thought other people, you know, I didn't want people to think that I was totally insane. Um, you know, and yet I would, uh, it, there's probably people out there that were thinking, well, why would you start up a nonprofit organization? Why, what, what's, what's that about? You know? And, and I just got to the point where it was like, you know, and first and foremost, what somebody else is thinking about us, this is none of our business. And so I'm not interested in doing what's right for someone else. I'm interested in doing what's right for me. What was the, so just a couple of years ago, Joe, so what, for someone who goes, that's what I want. I want to not <laughs> care anymore. I mean, what, what clicked? How did you discover that? Was it, was it through this journey? I mean, what made you, what clicked? You know, I, th I think it's so many things um, together and, go and a little bit goes back to uh, the, the phrase I mentioned earlier um, um, that we're, we're all who we are today based on our past life or our life's experiences. And I mean, I, I, we could talk for hours. I could tell you all kinds of things that I've been through and witnessed and and whatnot, but you know those those things are are just that they're definitely what has made the person that I am today. And so, this piece of fulfillment and starting this nonprofit, this is it sounds like is truly a way for you. You are truly this is for you and living in alignment with your values, and you figured that out, which. I would say is why you feel so fulfilled. I mean, there are other things in your life as well, but that, that, that is truly in alignment with who you are. Yes. It's, it's a huge part of it because, because uh, I do get so much gratification out of being able to do this for, uh, and, and other things for other people um, and, and watching them get on the path to be successful. Um, just that in itself brings me great joy, no matter what, whether it's, whether it's the people in Jamaica or if um, there's a neighbor down the street that if, if something I say happens to click for them and, and helps them um, make a decision to go in, in, in their life's, the direction of their life's purpose, um, to me that is absolutely awesome. 
I love it. And so that's a common theme that is who Joe Biba is. <laughs> and so we may have just answered the, the question, but in, in a couple of sentences then, Joe, what, how would you define a life on your terms, your terms specific, like, you know, is that, is that being in alignment and finding joy? I don't want to put the words in your mouth, but how do you <laughs> personally then define a life on your terms? Well, again, I, I think a lot of it is, is, is taking that worry out of uh, your daily life uh, of trying to satisfy and please um, the individuals that might, might even be in your circle that aren't living in your house or wearing your shoes every day um, because they have their own life to take care of. Some people, uh, sometimes things get mixed up and, and people are in the in the wrong um living it trying to live in someone else's life or live their life through someone else and i just don't uh personally don't see a lot of value in that yeah. and I, I just feel like we're all put here for for our own individual purpose and why not reach for that yeah that is that is a beautiful statement and we'll let people ponder that as we <laughs> as we wrap up the the show today and I know that people may be curious about your nonprofit and about your work what is the best way for them to reach you uh, if they would like to check out our website that is creatorsofhope.org um, that is where they can uh, read a little bit more about what it is we do um, and have the opportunity to um, just check us out in a little more detail. If they're interested in getting involved, uh, there's, there's buttons there for that as well. Um, and, and we're, we're always looking for more help, no matter what that might mean. Well, you are doing amazing work, Joe, and it is such a pleasure to talk with you today. And truly, you are obviously, you have found that purpose. You are not walking in somebody else's shoes. You are, you are walking in your own shoes and putting that, that one foot in front of the other. And I know those rocks will continue to appear in the water and guide you on this journey. I want to thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much. Oh, no, thank you. I, I, Truly appreciate the opportunity to visit with you and and um, you know again if if uh, anything I've said can help anyone that that in itself warms my heart. Well, I, I think everybody will kind of pause for a moment and say, "Wow, am I living my purpose? Am I living my life or somebody else's?" And that advice, the, the sooner that you can figure it out, and I think most important, like you said, have some fun, right? Enjoy your life because it does go quickly. And um, thank you for your your words of wisdom. And we will watch your journey, and we'll have to check back in with you, Joe, as you continue to grow your nonprofit. And, um, and see what's happening with Creators of Hope. Thank you again. That would, that would absolutely be awesome. And, and the last thing I'll just throw out there is that um, I, I heard one time, and I, and I believe this, is that if, you're, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not nearly big enough. That, that is awesome.
So, 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 so take note, right? <laughs> and it's good to know, and it's good to know that you were scared. If your <laughs> dreams don't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for that, Joe. You're very welcome. Well, everybody, thank you again for joining me on another episode of Life on Your Terms. Please visit the website at L-O-Y-T Inner Compass and share your comments, questions, or suggestions for future topics. And until next time, I hope you are inspired and have the courage to live life on your terms. <laughs>